Someone in episode 3 mentioned that if I could talk about creative blocks and how to get around that. Guys, this is Fredo, and you just listened to a beat by Rat Chopper called Zartzomia, Zartzumia. I don't know how to pronounce it or what the fuck it's really called, but that beat was dope as fuck. Shout out to Rat Chopper. Okay, you can find him at soundcloud.com slash ratchopper, R-A-T-C-H-O-P-P-E-R. Props for him for still sending me work. And listen, if you guys want your work posted up here, just send it either to the audio craftsman at f8music.com. Or, you know, tweet me or, you know, direct message me on Instagram or on Facebook or just use the hashtag The Audio Craftsman, okay? And then post the link either to your SoundCloud or something like that. Because I know I know a lot of you people are probably scared thinking like, oh, I don't want to send my work because it's not copyrighted. All right, that's fair. That's fine, okay? But just post it up on SoundCloud if you want me to use it, okay? And I'll put it up on the podcast, give you guys a shout out, send me a link, and give you a shout out like that, okay? So anyways... Let me do a little recap on what I did for last week. This is episode four. So last week we talked about Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke's blurred lines getting sued by the Marvin Gaye family. Okay. Still, I know a lot of people have been telling me, hey, listen, you know, the drum beat sounds the same. And like I told you guys before, okay, that's a bit of a stretch, but all right, fine. I'll give it to you guys. You know, to me, that beat still, I don't know, it's, it's still... Still doesn't seem like they they totally ripped it off. Maybe, maybe the drums. But like I said, that's pushing it. Okay, And if they're getting sued for the drums, then someone needs to tell, you know, the EDM scene and the pop scene. Because most of these drums sound the same. Most of these tracks sound the same. Okay, And if artists are suing artists for the drum beats only, then someone needs to tell, you know, the drum and bass community. Because most of that drum and bass always sounds the same way. At least least the drum kicks, right? At least the drum kit and... The pattern, right? You got boom, boom, ta, boom, 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 right? So someone needs to tell them. So that's what I'm saying is that at what point does that stop? But whatever, we talked about it last week. Update on that is the Marvin Gaye family made a statement that made me feel like, why the fuck even mention this at all, right? They said that Pharrell's Happy, the song Happy by Pharrell, right? Sounds similar to another Marvin Gaye track. And I'm thinking, oh, fucking great. Are you serious? Like another one? What a coincidence, right? All right. So the Marvin Gaye family started saying, yeah, you know, we we think it sounds very similar, but we're not, you know, as of yet, we're we're not thinking of pursuing charges yet. Oh, are they not merciful? You know what I mean? Like, so you're you just got out of a lawsuit. You know, you just won a lawsuit for by the same artist and you're telling them. You know, another track by him sounds very familiar to one of our tracks, but we're not going to pursue charges. Then shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. Now you're just trying to stir up, like, not controversy, but you're trying to stir up emotions 
by letting people, hmm, maybe it does. I mean, if they won the first time, maybe they'll win the second time. You know what I mean? So I thought it was bullshit on that point. But anyways, okay, week four, episode four. Before I begin, again, I want to give everyone a shout out who listened, everyone who's been sharing, everyone who's been liking the episode. Okay, thank you. New listeners, if you haven't checked out the first three, check them out. It'll give you a hint at what's gonna, at what I'm hoping to do as far as the podcast and the community. Also, another thing, YouTube channel. That's another thing I want to, I really want to get started on it, right? The tutorials for, you know, mixing, recording, uh, any type of sound design, beats, things like that. You know, send me your, you know, your ideas so I can start creating content and put it out there. So episode four, what am I going to talk about today? Someone in episode three mentioned that if I could talk about creative blocks and how to get around that. See, that's one of the things that's really tough to do only because everyone works differently. Okay. Everyone has sudden burst of inspiration and that's what they go by, right? Other people are just naturally gifted and then they come up with music on the spot. Some people have been classically trained since they were little, right? I'm looking at you, Rat Chopper. Some people learn the hard way and they're struggling. So it just depends on what you, on where you come from, how you are. And it's very, very hard for me to say, listen, this is the only way that you get around creative blocks. So what I want to do is I've been making beats for 10 years, okay? And I w what I want to do is I want to let you guys know some of the things I've done to get around these blocks. Now, they may not help you, but listen, it may be a start. It may help you. It may, it may help some of you. Who knows? Now, one thing I really want to mention, okay? It's that these are not necessarily, you know, quick, quick solutions. These aren't quick solutions for you to, you know, to apply and say, ah, I've, I've got it around it. No, these are more exercises that I've done over the years to help me overcome creative blocks now. So that's one of the things that I want to let you guys know, okay, that this isn't a quick solution. This isn't something that you apply right now. And then in five minutes, that's, that's, you know, that's how you overcome that creative block. It may help you, but I'm saying these are more, these are more of exercises to help you train yourself. Okay. Because if you don't practice, then you're not going to get the hang of it. You're not going to get better at it. Okay. So these are my ways to help you guys out. Hopefully it helps you guys out. Okay. So the first one is arrangements. A lot of people have problems with arrangements or they get stuck on arrangements. Normally, essentially in the hip hop community, uh, specifically in the hip hop community, right? You'll create a four bar loop and you'll build on top of it. Whether you start with the drums or whether you start with the melody, okay? You'll essentially end up building on top of that where you'll end up with a chorus. That's usually how it goes. Sometimes you'll come up with a verse, then you'll make your arrangement and then you'll add the chorus on top of it. Just depends how you work. But normally it's you build a four bar loop you build on top of it and you end with the chorus. That's your hook. From there, you might be saying to yourself, okay, well, how do I get over that? Right? Because I have four bar loops, but how do I make my song sound interesting without sounding repetitive? Because that's one of the things too, is that a lot of people tend to make four bars, loop it for three and a half minutes, right? And then they say, okay, well, I'm done. And it just sounds like a loop. There's nothing really interesting in the song and you get bored of it easily, right? Because you start off with the chorus, you're listening to for, for a good 15, 20 seconds, right? And you're telling yourself, 
All right, well, here's where the verse starts. And you only take away one instrument. You're still you're still getting bored, okay? That's one of the things that uh, I was able to to learn at an uh, at an early age because I had a I had a piano teacher who was critiquing my work and he was telling me, "Listen, people are getting bored because you're playing the same melody over and over and over again for three and a half minutes. That's why if you listen to pop songs, they switch it up so that you don't get bored, so that your attention always stays in the song and you don't drift away." So one of the things that I've uh, that I've done is is get a song that you really like that's popular right now, okay? Or a song that you've been listening to consistently or a song that you really like because someone made it or whatever it is, right? Just get a get a really hot song, a pop a pop chart song, right? Bring it into your DAW. I use Ableton, right? And in Ableton, there's these things called locators, okay, markers. And essentially what it is is you put a little a little locator at the top of your timeline and then you you know you don't necessarily write notes but you just write what part of the song that is okay so i bring in the song that that i really like i bring it into ableton then i add a locator at the very beginning and i'm saying okay this is the intro then i listen to it at what point does the intro stop how many bars does it stop okay sometimes it'll be eight sometimes it'll be 12 just depends on the song so at the end of the eight bars i put another locator and then maybe a bridge will begin or maybe a solo will begin. Maybe a small buildup just depends on the song. So whatever, whatever happens next, that's what I end up putting for that locator. I'll be like, okay, well, this is where let's, let's, let's make up a, an arrangement real quick. And let's say, okay, the bridge starts right after the intro. So you put a bridge, you put a locator and you put in bridge, then a buildup after the bridge. Okay. It's still a bridge. But it's building up. So you start saying, okay, now it's getting intense. You put another locator there and you write, you write a little note and you say, okay, intense. Then, you know, what happens there? Is it, does it get more intense? Does it get more dramatic? Does it, does, do you start hearing a bit of tension in that song? You know, that's one of the things that you have to look out for. Then you add another locator at that point and you put it right there. Then where does the hook begin? Okay. What happens right before the hook? And where does the hook begin? And then, then you notice it and you're like, okay, it's at bar so-and-so. Put another locator there. Okay, that's where your hook is. Where does the hook end? How long is the hook? Normally, it's eight bars, but it just depends on the song. Maybe you're listening to a trance beat or maybe you're listening to an EDM house track, right? So you figure out how long the chorus is. Then you figure out where does it end? Put a locator there. And normally, maybe there will be an after chorus, a bridge, or a verse, right? That's how I end up doing it, right? Is I analyze the track, I analyze every little section, and I tell myself, okay, this part is this part, this part is the bridge, this part is the outro, this part is the verse, right? But that's not it, that's not the only thing. Another thing I end up doing is, what exactly happens in that track? What makes that track, you know, very suspenseful at that moment? or what makes that track very quiet and calm at that moment. Okay, study that. For example, let's take Big Room House, okay? The buildups, known for its buildups and drops. So what happens at that point? Okay, well, a lot of snare rolls. So you make a note, you're telling yourself, okay, a lot of snare rolls happen at this point. Then you start noticing white noise buildups, right? Okay, you write down, okay, well, white noise happens at this point and 
you know, it starts building up and then it cuts off at this bar. Then you start noticing, okay, well, what else, what else do they do? You know, they end up chopping us a, a part of that beat and repeat it multiple, uh, you know, they'll either repeat it half steps, then eighth steps, and then 16 steps, right? They'll repeat it until the drop happens. So it's little things like that you start noticing, okay? Another thing too, it's let's say after the bridge, what happens? Do they cut out their drums or do they leave their drums in there? Now, before I go any further, I'm not saying copying the track. I'm saying copying the arrangement. This is to help you, you know, well, th this is this is to guide you for your song. Okay, you make little notes like these. And then once you once you feel confident that you've analyzed that track that you really like, then apply it to your beat. So you have your four bar loops and you have your chorus. Place it wherever you, you know, wherever your chorus uh, from that song is. You place it there. Then you start working backwards. Okay, you, so you have your drop or you have your chorus. Well, what happens before the chorus? They start building it up. So then this is where you start saying, okay, well, how can I build my, how can I make a build up leading up to that chorus? You already have, you already have your fundamentals. You already have your work there. All you have to do is just subtract the instruments little by little. You start saying, okay, well, what do they do? Okay, well, they don't bring in the main melody until the drop happens. You do the same thing. You're telling yourself, okay, well, I'm not going to bring in the main melody until the drop happens. Well, what else do they do? They bring in drums, right? Or no, let's say they bring in the snare rolls, okay? And you tell yourself, well, my track doesn't necessarily sound good with snare rolls. So what do you do? Improvise. Come up with something else, you know? Timpani rolls, um, taiko rolls. Maybe you could do atmospheres, buildups, you know, instead of using white noise. You know, it just depends on your track. Just here's the, here's the thing is that when you start doing these, you know, more consistently, these exercises, eventually you'll start learning new ways to and different ways to create buildups for your tracks. So you do it and you do it throughout the song. OK, you have your intro, you have your bridge, you have your chorus, you have your verse. And you just keep doing that. Right. But here's the thing. Keep making sure that you check what happens in that song. OK, don't just copy. OK, the intro is at this point. The bridge is at this point. The chorus at this point what happens inside that track okay that creates that tension that creates that you know big gigantic presence when the chorus happens you know take note of that now another thing melody okay this is the second thing melody melodies are both super easy and super hard okay because anyone anyone could come up with a melody but it's coming up with a good catchy melody that sticks okay because you could come up with a song and you really like it, but if it's forgettable, I'm sorry, that song is forgettable and nobody else is going to remember it. OK, so one of the things is you want people to remember your track, whether it's, you know, sad and emotional, whether it's personal, whether it's, you know, a mainstream pop track, whatever it is, you really want that track to resonate with the listener. OK, so. One of the things is the melodies. Let's say you're having trouble with the melodies. How can you come across that? One of the things that I've been doing is let's say I'll I'll create, you know, a basic I'll create the basic fundamental sound of the beat, right? But something about that melody I'm not really feeling. Okay? I'm saying, man, this this isn't it. This isn't the melody for that beat. So what do I do to get around that, right? It's I'll get that fundamental section of that beat, okay, what I have, and then I'll loop it for five minutes. Now, when I used to go to school, when I used to go to work, 
uh, I would take that and I would put it in my phone those five minutes, right? And I would listen to it consistently throughout the day, okay? And what I would do is I would either hum it out loud, you know, because sometimes I'd be alone and that's just how it worked. Or sometimes I'll just hum it in my head, right? But what I do is I hum anything, anything and everything that comes to my head on top of that beat. And something I've always said is get the shit ideas out first, because most likely, most likely you're never going to strike gold. So what I do is I get the shit ideas out first. Okay. Then after a while, I'll find something that I like and I'll be like, hmm, okay, because I'm never I'm never always going to be, you know, in front of the piano. I'm never always going to be in front of my DAW. Okay. So what I do is I'll hum it until I like something. I think, hmm, okay, this is a good idea. So then I'll record it on my phone. And I'll just record me humming. That's it. That's all I do. And then there's an audio clip. It, it might be six seconds. It might be 12 seconds, whatever it is. Okay. And that's one version. And I'll keep humming. Okay. Don't just stick to, to one idea. All right. Here's the thing is, is that push yourself. Okay. Tell yourself, okay, I made one. Now let me come up with nine more because if you work from a nine to five or if you work from a six to two, whatever it is. You know, you have eight hours to do it until you get home. Or if you're working two jobs, you have more time, right? So come up with more ideas. You got one. Come up with more. And so what I do is I'd record various different melodies. Okay. On top of that, on top of that drum track on my phone. So it sounds all you'll all you hear is something like boom, ba ba boom, ba ba bam 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 ba 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 boom, ba ba boom, ba ba bam 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 ba 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 right? That's what that's just something really quick. Okay. May not be good, but at least you get it out there. But you come up with these ideas until you have really until you have about nine, ten good ideas. Okay. That you feel pretty good with. And then here's the thing. When you get home and you open up Fruit Loops or you open up Logic, Reason, Pro Tools, you know, Ableton, whatever it is, whatever you have. I know Ableton has this and I know Fruity Loops can do it, too. It's you bring in an audio sample into your DAW and then it automatically detects the MIDI information, right? It detects the pitch. It detects the duration of that pitch. And then it lets you know, okay, this is the note that is being played at this time. And essentially it creates MIDI data for you. And that's one of the things that I definitely recommend is because now you have good 10 good tracks, right? They're essentially not always on, you know, on beat. But you have something to reference it to, right? You bring it in and it analyzes it. And then you start bringing it in to an instrument. You apply that data information into your that data information. You apply that MIDI information to the track. OK, <clears throat> now here's another thing, too, that I forgot to mention at the beginning of this is that when you do this, try to picture a sound with that melody. OK, so, for example, let's say you come up with a melody. And you're thinking, mm, I think this would sound really good with a saw or mm, I think this would sound really good with, you know, maybe a bass line or, you know, this would sound really good for the strings, for the choirs, whatever it is. For me, I'm more of a classical guy. I really like classical instruments. So the majority of the time I'm thinking, yeah, this would be really good for the piano. Now, you do this for a long time over the years. Essentially, what you'll do is you'll end up becoming a composer and you'll start building your entire composition in your head, right? Whether you're humming it out loud or where you're there, you're humming it in your head. You're essentially saying, okay, the pianos is going to sound like this. 
and you hear it in your head and you're thinking, man, what can I do for the choirs to complement these, you know, these these uh, pianos? And then that's 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 how I've gotten along so far. Now, if your DAW can't process, you know, that audio file and detect, you know, the information, what you could do is you could invest in Melodyne. I think for the basic one is like two to three hundred. I can't be sure. But the one I bought was like about seven hundred dollars. OK, and I use it to fix people's voices when, you know, I'm recording or they don't necessarily hit that pitch right or something just doesn't sound right or add fake vibrato to to that, you know, to that long note, whatever it is. But one of the things that this does is that it's able to recognize the information and give you where specifically in that piano it is right now. Here's another thing is, is that. When you figure out what melody you like and you bring it into, you know, into Ableton, okay? And then it tells you, okay, these notes are being played. Try and play it on your piano. See if you can get the, the hang of it on playing it on the piano because later on down the road, you'll start figuring out how to play the piano better than if you didn't do it because I know a lot of people don't have access to, you know, music theory, don't have access to piano classes, or don't aren't really haven't been classically trained or anything like that. Right. So this is this is another way to get better at, you know, your piano. So that actually brings me to the third one chords. OK, how do you get better at chords? Let's say you come up with a melody. No, let's say. Yeah, fuck it. Let's say you come up with a melody and you come up with a drum beat. But <clears throat> so far you're thinking, man, I don't have anything really good to go on top of this. Right you might want to consider doing chord progressions. Now, one thing that I've been recently doing for like maybe the last past two years is studying the four chords of pop. And if you're not familiar with the four chords of pop, it's essentially, you know, four chords that have been used through modern day music. And I'm talking about like the fifties and now, okay, fifties and now four chords and it progresses a certain way. It'll go from five. I'm sorry. It'll go from one to five to four to six. Okay. And that's those are usually if you if you've ever wondered like man this song sounds very familiar to this song it's probably because of that it's very famous is used throughout the music industry okay and it's it's one of the things that we feel very comfortable when hearing it and it's one of the things that that chord progression is very famous is because a lot of people like it and it makes money um, i mean as much as as much as i want to be an artist and say you know this is all for the music in the long run for a label and this is all about the money and if that chord progression always seems to generate money guess what that label's gonna fill it more now what can you do if you're not very good at the piano right i mentioned before for the melodies right let's say you're not very well at your piano or let's say you haven't had piano classes you weren't you know classically trained you weren't able to register for a music theory class or whatever it may be use whatever you have at your disposal okay use your resources well you have a phone chances are you have a smartphone okay i'm i think it's very rare that you'll see anyone amongst the younger community right younger demographic with a flip phone but chances are you have a smartphone that you're able to access online specifically two websites google's search engine and youtube so those are the two the the second largest search engine in the world is YouTube. The first one is Google. So use them. Okay. Here's what I'm saying. 
one way to get the hang of chords okay is learn some of your favorite songs chords let's say you like katy perry's fireworks go on youtube learn how to play fireworks okay like i said these are exercises to help you get around these things right so you learn how to play fireworks and you're telling yourself mm, okay so what pay close attention to the very good tutorial some of them will just tell you oh look you press this note you press this note and then there you go that's that you know that's it now the very good tutorials will tell you what key it's in what notes to play how to play them what chords are being played throughout the song and they'll go very slowly and be very in depth those are the good ones and i definitely recommend you guys check that out so you have a song that you want to learn you figure out what chords are being played and pay very close attention okay what chord and what notes are being played now once you know how to play that song or you, you know learn other songs learn different songs so you start getting the hang of what chords are and what you know what chords bring certain emotions out what chords are being played most throughout that genre if all you make is pop music if all you make is trap music if all you make is house music figure out what chords are more consistent inside that genre now i'm not saying only use those chords for that genre but this is just something to help you out with chords so you know oh, okay well most likely these chords are being played for this genre more now if you start studying different genres you'll start applying different sounds to the style that you're familiar with right now uh another thing too is let's say you know you go on google and you really like a song what i definitely recommend is remixing that song not remixing it in the sense of you know creating uh not not remix in the sense that we're all familiar with but i'm saying remixing the arrangement so rearrange the chord progression of that track that you're listening to so what i recommend is go on google all right go on google and look up let's say for example the first one is the c chord right so look up different variations of the c chord okay you'll start seeing oh okay well there's a c major and a c minor there's a c major seven there's a c major diminished you know what i mean just different variations of that or you might just get the c chord and it's c e and g okay well what other variations are there there's g c and e e g and c you know so there's different ones there's there's different there's different ways to play one chord and the reason i'm telling you this is because when you start you know learning different songs and you start learning their progressions and you get familiar with their progressions you'll start looking up okay well how do i rearrange the notes so that this helps you get away from you know well this this actually helps you learn chords in that sense now how do you apply it to your beat <clears throat> see this is a tough one because it seems to work it seems to work rather well for me so hopefully it does for you too and what i've done is once i have the melody down right once i have you know essentially how the chorus i want it to sound is what i'll do is is you know i'll have four bars that's that's generally what i'll make right i'll have four bars and i'll hum i'll hum a single bar length note for four uh four times right so maybe i'll do something like bum 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 right 
So those are the four bars right there. And what I'll do is I'll keep humming until I like something. And I'm thinking, hmm, okay, all right. Now, I'll record that. I'll bring it into Ableton. And then it'll tell me what notes I'm being played. Then I'll find out the chords for those notes. I'll go to I'll go to Google and I'll type in, like, let's say the first one I'm playing is, you know, a B. So I'll go in and I'll type in B chord, right? And then I look at it and I'm like, okay, these notes are being played. So then I play you. I'm thinking, mm, no, I don't really like it. Let me find a different B chord. Nope, still not. I don't like it. Hmm, let me try a B flat. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I think I like it. All right, I, I think I like this one. Let me see, are there any other variations for this one? Oh, this one sounds way better. Okay, then I apply it to that first bar and I do it for the second bar. Let's say the second one is a D. You do the exact same thing. Now, this is gonna be a little bit time consuming, but another thing is, is that a lot of people like to brag about how fast they come up with the beats, right? Now, if you come up with a beat in five minutes, or if you come up with a beat in 10 minutes, what does that say not only about you, but about the genre itself, okay? Because online, right? I'm, I'm gonna get sidetracked right now. But online, there's these um, challenges. You know, there's called the 10 minute drop challenge where you create a buildup and a drop in 10 minutes. Or there's a, there's a two hour dubstep challenge, right? Where you create a dubstep track in two, two hours. There's another one called the uh, the Beethoven challenge where you're essentially blind in the sense that you can't hear. So you're deaf. Shouldn't you use blind? But whatever. Anyways, so you're deaf for, you know, for for a good 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. You turn off your monitors, right? Not your screen monitors. I'm talking about your speakers, right? Your monitors. And you're essentially going by what you remember. Okay. Now, most of these people go straight to Salenth. Or they'll go straight to Harmer. I think it's called Harmer. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I don't have Fruity Loops, right? Or they'll go straight to Massive or whatever it is. And then they'll pick presets that they're familiar with, right? They'll pick presets that they've used for the longest time. They'll pick the exact same drums that they've used for the longest time, right? So what does that say about them? Is that they always go to those same instruments that they're able to make it without hearing it. Now, you might say to yourself, oh, well, that's just their skill. That's fine. But if you listen to talented artists, chances are they won't use the same thing, you know, more than a couple times. So if this person always goes to that. What does that tell you about them? That that's all they can make. For example, check out um, Martin Garrick's new track with Usher. I can't remember the song, but he tried to do pop, not Usher, Martin Garrick's. He's known for his big room house track. So when he tried to do pop. It just, to me, it sounded terrible. I, I was like, wow, this sounds mediocre. This sounds like a regular generic pop beat. And it sucks because he has consistently made Big Room House that if he tries to do another genre, it's it's really not good. I'll try to put a, a clip of that song in post. So hopefully I remember. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things... Um, you know that if you're very familiar with you'll start going towards the same sounds over and over again now back on track back on chords right so after you've hummed those four bars and you're familiar with and you know you put it into either melodyne or you put it into ableton and it tells you what notes are being played and you find out the chords and you find out what chords work well with your song essentially you're gonna end up building your chords like that 
And these are little exercises. I'm not telling you to rely only on this technique, but these are exercises to help you out to figure out what chords are which ones so that when you end up making, you know, let's say you start off today around your 50th track, you're going to be very well familiar. You're going to be familiar with chords very well, right? So that's one of the things that I've been doing. It's been helping me out. Hopefully that helps you out too. Now, I don't have much time left, but the last one I want to talk about is that your beats sound the same. Okay. That's one of the things uh, that I've been hearing, not only, you know, in the comments, but in producer forums and producer groups, beat maker groups, right? Is listen, my song sounds the same. How do I get around that? This is where your music enthusiasm has to come in and play. Okay. If you like music, then listen to fucking music. Like, I know this sounds generic, but all right, let's say, let's say you're, you're a drum and bass fan, right? You're saying, man, all, no, all my drum and bass tracks sound the same. All right. Step away from your computer. Okay. Step away from your computer. Stop making beats for a while. Listen to different genres. Okay. I know this sounds like a no brainer, but you'd be surprised how many people think man, you know, my sound, my sound sounds the same over and over again. So I'm going to listen to the same genre that I've been listening to that made me sound the same. And which is why I'm complaining now. Right. Sounds stupid now. Right. So step away for a minute, you know, maybe take a couple of days off. Start listening to different genres of music. OK, if all you do is dubstep, maybe give trap a trend, uh, chance. Not necessarily trap like EDM trap, but I'm talking about trap like hip hop trap. Okay. Like Rick Ross and Drake and stuff like that. Right. Or if you make trap, start listening to dubstep. Start listening to pop music. You know, if you make pop, start listening to house music. If you make house music, fuck it. Listen to some classical music. Listen to some polka music. Whatever it is, just expand your horizon and your knowledge of music. Okay. Now, if there's something that interests you, for example, let's say you make dubstep and you really like metal, start listening to the metal more, right? And you start listening more and more and more and more. And eventually you're going to start picking up elements and applying it into your, to your dubstep tracks. Now, there's a good example. Okay. There's this uh, well-known YouTube sound designer. His name is called, his name is Seamless. The R is silent, right? So it's Seamless R. You look him up. He's a very talented sound designer. All right. And if you listen to his dubstep tracks, you could definitely hear, you know, metal influences inside his dubstep track. I'm not talking about using guitars, you know, but you could very you could tell that, you know, metal was an influence in that track by, you know, the way the way it's aggressive, assertive, you know, at times very angry. Right. Elements of metal. And if I remember right, I don't know, I might I might be confusing this person with another person. But if I remember right, he used to be in a metal band. So that's another thing that helps, too. So when he's making his bass sense, right, he's applying, you know, his knowledge of metal. And that's why they sound very grungy, very raw, very metallic or, you know, uh, very distorted and it almost sounds like it's ripping you apart and it's very very talented dude if you haven't checked him out check him out if you want to learn more about sound design so 
And that's one of the things that I definitely recommend for your songs, okay, is study. Not, oh, that's another thing, too, is that when you're listening to those songs, don't just listen to them as background music, okay? Study them, okay? For example, trap. What makes trap that trap? You know, those thin 808 snares, you know, the booming 808 kick bass drums, right? Okay, well, what makes, what makes their drop different than big room house drops? You know, or then future trance drops. What makes it different? You know, what do they use for the buildups? How are their structures being arranged? You know, what instruments do they always seem to lean towards to? Right? Notice those little things. If you're listening to pop, you know, maybe listen to some of Katy Perry's albums, Selena Gomez, right? Taylor Swift. And notice, okay, well, what makes Taylor Swift Taylor Swift? You know, what in her songs what what's very different from Katy Perry and you start you know analyzing okay well hers seems more more subtle and Katy Perry seems more explosive right so little things like that and definitely check out the instruments analyze the instruments think okay well you know they seem to to use more acoustic instruments in this genre and in this genre they seem to use more electronic okay what about their kicks what about their hats you know what type of hats do they use are their hats you know distorted or are they very, you know, crisp and clear and thin? You know, little things like that. So <clears throat> I've been rambling on for a bit. I'm about to cut this out. But, okay, if there's anything that I talked about today that you guys want me to get more in depth, or if you want me to give maybe other variations, other creative block techniques or ex uh, exercises, you know, definitely I've been doing this for a while. So I have little, little tips and tricks to help me out to get around, to get around these creative blocks. Um, so yeah, if there's anything that you want me to talk more about, let me know and I'll talk about it in the fifth episode. Um, so before I go again, you know, share this like this definitely helps me out. All right. Um, and I really want to hear you guys' tracks, you know, send them to the audio craftsman at f8music.com. Right. If you don't want to send it, that's fine. You know, link me to your SoundCloud page. You know, I'll put in part of it in the intro and then the rest of it on the outro, right? I didn't have a break beat this time. Hopefully I will next time. So thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>